evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves. We're the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL Championship. Tonight, it was a bad week, guys. I don't think there's any any way to sugarcoat it. It was a bad, bad week for the Red Bulls, too. They got some good news tonight, and we'll talk about that later, but uh, what could have been a, a week to sort of clinch or at least extend the possibility that they would finish in first place evaporated. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about what that means, like I said, a little bit later. So we're going to recap losses against St. Louis and Louisville. We don't have a guest tonight. We'll get to an exciting inclusion in the show this this evening, though. Uh, And then we're going to preview the match against Charleston Friday night. And the exciting inclusion in this episode is the return of Bill Toomey. Bill, hello. Nice to be back, Joe. How have you been? I've been okay. I, you know, a little up, a little down. I started a new podcast. I don't know uh, if you're aware. I'm doing. The... Oh yeah, we were talking about that uh, on Sunday. Oh good. I have a new I... music podcast going. Yes, I I've been spreading myself too thin, so I figured let's spread myself even thinner. I got a new uh, music podcast. It's called Boomerang Music. Um, anyone can find it. It's on Anchor right now, but it's going to be on uh, other platforms soonish. Taking awesome. a little while to get that to happen, but uh, yeah, it's good. I, I interview musicians and artists, and we get to hear uh, some of their songs and and stories. And I think it's a good time. Definitely check hopefully, it out. Uh, yeah, and hopefully you get to play some of your own music too. Uh, you, well, you know, I get to I get to play enough of my own music at the beginning of this podcast and the end of this podcast and in the middle of this podcast. Yeah, no, it's fun. Some of my music's out there. I've got my album out now for just about, I guess we're coming up on like three weeks or, you know, I think that's right. And uh, yeah, things are good. What about you? What have you been up to? I've been, I've been just busy in general with work, going to some concerts, saw Collective Soul over the weekend. Flashback to the 90s. Collective so, uh, soul? Yeah. Heaven let your light shine down. Right? Great. Bunch of great 90s hits that, you know, you just don't realize, you know, who, who sang them. And then you go to a Collective Soul concert and everything goes back to you. So it was really awesome. Did they do somebody to shove? Did Spring they do place. somebody to shove or was that Soul Asylum? I did that was Soul Asylum. Yeah. They did that, did, did that one. But they have a bunch of other hits. Yeah. Too, which it's just awesome. So that was really cool. And uh, also, it was nice to be back at Red Bull Arena on Sunday. It kind of felt like it had been way too long since the last Red Bulls game. I agree with that. And it's I, I think that because I wasn't at the last couple of Red Bull games in August, right. I feel like I hadn't seen you in forever. It had been a long it time. It kind of felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, plus the big break. And uh, it definitely felt that way. And uh, it was good to see Tom Barlow. Absolutely, back. it was. Tom Barlow back and scoring. Yes, he back got – it was an assist from uh, from Andre Blake, but, you know, you, you get him where you can get him. That's right. As long as, you know, he scores, it's really all that matters and all that all that counts. Now, it kind of stinks a little bit that he's doing well for the first team right now because the, uh, the two-team going to go through some struggles. They went through some struggles this past week. St. Louis had been fantastic at home. We talked about it before. Well, not you and I, but me and Justine talked about it before the match that this was going to be a big ask. And surprise, surprise, it was. Tyler Blackwood scores like instantly in this match. And it just had a feeling right then and there like, oh, boy, 
this one could go very, very poorly. I think it was in like the third or fourth minute. He gets his goal. He's at the back post. And, you know, I think a lot of teams, you would look at this and just say, not a big deal. Red Bull 2 are going to be able to claw their way back into this. But with the way that St. Louis sets up and the way that they play, they are so good at sitting back and defending that it just became such a big ask. Yeah, it was in the third minute. Uh, Tyler Blackwood sneaking at the back post, does his karate kick celebration. It it was just a little disheartening. And for all of the good work that this team has done this year, this is the kind of result that really should, in theory, have woken them up and, and made them realize like, okay, you know, we've done well, but we're certainly not at the... Uh, at the pinnacle of what we can do. And there's going to be a lot more work to be done, but St. Louis, you know, to their credit, they, they kept things tight. They didn't let the Red Bulls get in behind too often. I think the Red Bulls created some chances, but you know, not a tremendous amount of danger. And uh, it ends up being another night where I think, you know, yes, there's the luck, the luck component of like things don't go your way, but there's also, uh, a whole host of issues with the offense that we're kind of seeing play out a little bit, even though in the next game they score three goals, uh, you still see where there's some stagnation and and maybe where uh, they struggle, especially with teams that are, are saying, try to break us down because you're not going to be able to. Plus it doesn't help too. I mean, when you score in the third minute like that, it just kind of like sets the whole tone for the game and it's just not a, an easy game to play in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think St. Louis, if 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 it was a, a team that um, came out a little bit more, maybe the Red Bulls would have been able to find some success, but uh, they, they kind of ran themselves out. And then St. Louis was just able to take care of everything else. And they played a really tidy game. And it... Um, I don't remember who I was talking to after the match. It was it was another one of the BGN people. I'll get there eventually. You know me. Oh, no. Uh, but we were talking about, you know, it, was it that the Red Bulls played poorly or was that St. Louis played well? It was Phil Grimm's. Uh, and the answer is that both of those things are true. I think that St. Louis played about as, as well as they possibly could have. And uh, the Red Bulls played maybe not as poorly as they could have, but it's certainly not well. And with the playoffs coming and with things as tight as they are at the top of the East, this was a bad result to drop. And I think it really set the stage for what was going to happen in Louisville. Yeah. And Red Bulls too have always been pretty decent on the road too. And to lose to St. Louis FC, who's not like a team that's right up there neck and neck at the top of the conference is kind of disheartening there like you said so that's not a good result to go on the road to your second round match and and lose to in louisville too like that yeah well look i mean st louis is not a great team but at home they've only lost once this season that was i think their ninth win at that point they may have won again since then um yeah they've had a winning streak recently right and that's all so i believe their fifth win in a row so they they were in a good spot It, it was bad that they they lost the match but you know, give them credit. I think they they've put together a really nice run to finish the year. Remember, they started the year in first place and were up there for a while. Maybe got a That's little true. derailed with the U.S. Open Cup run, but they're still a quality team and they're a, a very good team defensively. 
But I think the lesson that New York should take from this match is that um, finishing at the top and playing home playoff matches is going to be critical because any team can can clip your wings at home. Especially if you get all the way to the cup like we did a few years ago. It pays off to play at home. It certainly does. So uh, I don't think we're going to give anybody a man of the match for that. It wasn't a great match. No, you know what? I'll give it to Evan Loro. His saves... And yes, I know he was the guest last week, but his saves in that match, especially there was a sequence where he made two big stops, and I think the third shot was off frame. Uh, it was up for save of the week. It might still be. I don't know if they finished voting on that. Fantastic. He kept them in the match in a couple of uh, places. Ultimately, though, uh, St. Louis was able to prevail, so I'll give him the man of the match, Bill. I think that's fair. I think that's a good man of the match. I'm going to agree with you on that, and it's it's been nice to see Evan evolve over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. They they do have the voting up. I'm going to vote for Evan now. And give him. Yep, I'm not a robot, despite what anyone <laughs> says. Evan Loro. I'm sure about this. Is in third place currently with 12 percent of the vote. He's not winning that. C.J. Cochran from Fresno FC. Even though, look, I think it's great he made a penalty kick save against Phoenix. His save. He completely telegraphs where he's going to dive to, but the Phoenix player had already made up his mind. So, like, yes, he was able to stop a PK, but the whole sequence was poor from from both of them. He should not have shown where he was going, and uh, the PK should not have been placed directly to where he was going to fall. Um, sorry, Evan, you're not winning that award. You should, you should get it, but you're not going to. You do deserve it. Louisville was a whole other story. I thought yeah. they started the game well. They looked really good. They scored early. Yeah, right off the bat. It seemed like, okay, uh, they got this one in hand. And then it turns into basically what we saw in the playoffs, where they get the early goal, they go up, and then just all of the wheels fall off. They just struggle so mightily. Um, maybe Louisville is a little unfortunate to hit the post early on, but... Uh, this was just this was about as rough as I think we've seen this season from this team. Where was Evan Loro for this game? I don't know. He's he was pictured at Red Bulls practice with the first team, but I'm not sure why he didn't make the trip. I don't know if maybe he was hurt uh, or something else was going on, but he does not get down there. And uh, Rashid Nuhu just had a, a, a tough match. He look, he was under a lot of pressure because I think the defense really let him down throughout the match. Yeah. Uh, but even under those circumstances, you, if you're, if you're going to have a bad game defensively, you need your goalie to, to like stand on his head. And instead you've got a little bit of an op- opposite reaction from new. And look, I guess if it's going to go bad, it's going to go bad everywhere on the field. But this, this was particularly bad. And again, I think offensively, Jared Stroud's really carrying a, a heavy load here. I know Bezicourt gets a goal and an assist in this match, but to me, Stroud was probably the best offensive player on the field again. And I agree with that. Yeah. And if the rest of the the offense is not going to wake up by the time the playoffs come around, they're going to be going home very very early. I, I struggled to see. Um. Uh, Matthias Jorensen really doing a lot of damage if he's going to continue to play up top by himself. I think 
you know, we're seeing a little bit of a regression from Jordan Scarlett over the last couple of weeks, which is a little disheartening because he had been so good uh, for a little while there. But you also have to look at how the midfield's playing. And, and you know, both Lima and, and Kofi, they didn't do a great job of, of pressuring uh, against Louisville. And, you know, yes, Louisville kept the ball wide a lot and, and came from the outside, but there were a lot of gaps and spaces to play through. And if you're not going to close that space down and, and you're not going to try to take away the time that they have to operate, Louisville is always going to beat you. When you see that win that they had at home uh, against Louisville earlier in the year, the Red Bulls, you saw all the hallmarks of why they are an effective team. And in this match, you saw all the ways that things could go poorly. Uh, last but not least, I want to bring up how uh, excited we are that Omar So scored his first professional goal. Uh, it you know it's just a, a little bit of a consolation, but it's really nice to see young kid, tremendously talented, got the uh, the sort of that first goal off of his back. So now he's going to be able to settle in a little bit, and I think there's a lot of big things to come from him. And if if Matthias Jorensen is going to start to fade a little bit, maybe it's a good thing that So is, is kind of just starting to uh, come on. Yeah, that was a, a great goal too, and. You know, props to Stroud because he kind of set that all up, and uh, that was a great shot too. It, it was Bezigord who who passed in the ball there. That was not Stroud. Yes. Uh, although I guess Stroud probably passed out to Bezigord. I don't. Know. Yes. Uh, in any in any event, um, good stuff there from from Omar. I uh, I'm a little bit worried. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think that we've seen some very good things from this team, but. Things seem to be going a little bit poorly now over the last stretch of games. They are 2-0-3 oh, in their last five, right? That's not great. Um, but if you expand that out a little bit too, they've got a lot of problems here, right? So you've got the 1-0 loss to, to Indy. And before that, yes, they've got two wins over Swope Park and Nashville, but they have the loss to uh, Pittsburgh. They, they beat Hartford handily five to one, but in that match uh, up until the red card, they were struggling a little bit. And we've seen that in places uh, over the last stretch of games. And look, I mean, they're still getting results in a lot of those, but there's definitely some red flags that I would tick and a big, big, big thing that I would be watching is the way that the offense is able to generate goals. We're not seeing a lot of it come from whoever's playing up top. And that might not be a problem in the playoffs, but it, it definitely could be uh, something that um, other teams key in on and you know basically force whoever's playing up top, be it Matthias Jorensen or Sebastian Elney, to say, we don't think that you're going to be able to beat us on your own. We think you're going to need your team to do that. And if we cut them off and stop them from getting you the ball, or even if we don't, uh, that we don't think that you're going to be able to score on us. And that's going to be problematic, especially against teams that are defensively sound, like Louisville or Pittsburgh or Indy. It, it just could be a really tough time. Where does um, Tom Barlow stand in the amount of goals scored? Is he kind of still up at the top of the list? Well, he's he's definitely fallen back some because he really hasn't played with them very often. So I'm I'm thinking Jared Stroud. Yeah, Jared Stroud is ahead of him. He's on 14 for the season, and he's tied for seventh on the all time sc- or the uh, total scoring uh, chart, the Golden Boot race. Uh, 
Yes. Barlow is down to 15th because he's only got 11 goals. Wow. Yeah. Not it. Look, it's not that bad, but no, it, it certainly not is not going to be. I mean, look, he's played less than half the amount of games of Solomon Asante uh, and has half the goals. There's yeah, good Asante and bad also there. Also has nine goals from penalty kicks. Which yeah, yeah. That's true. To pay for another day, but should should penalty kick goals be included in the Colton? <laughs> hey, they're goals, right? They're goals. <laughs> they're goals. They are. They're goals. BWP had some penalty kicks the year that he got 27. Not as much as David Villa. Yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. Definitely less than Joseph Martinez. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, true. I don't know if we should give a man of the match. You know what? Actually, yes. I'll give it to Omar So just because it was your first goal. But we're really excited for you. And hopefully there's more of that to come. Now, I mentioned earlier... There was some good news tonight. And as I say it, I think many of you will maybe not even believe me. But last Friday, Indy 11 lost one nothing to Birmingham. That was great. Tonight, they lost to Atlanta United 2. They lost 2-1 to one to Atlanta United 2. Indy is poised to overtake the Red Bulls for the top spot. But they have just not been able to do it yet. So right now they're still tied on points. They have a game in hand, uh, but the Red Bulls uh, goal differential is keeping them in front and they would have to make up 11 goals for that to, to change. The other team you could watch right underneath them. All three of these teams are on 56 points. It's the Tampa Bay Rowdies. They've got eight draws. Uh, so they have less wins than the Red Bulls. Uh, and that's why they're not currently on top of the standings. But that goal differential, 31. (laughs) They've got a 25 goal differential, though. So they're not that far. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at um, uh, Nashville. You were right, Bill. It is 31. And yeah, exactly. Nashville is on 55 points with a 25 goal differential, a plus 25. And Pittsburgh is on 55 points with a plus 22 goal differential. All of those teams are within a single point. Uh, of taking the top spot well that's not exactly true sorry (laughs) Uh, Nashville and Pittsburgh are within a single point of uh, being tied with the Red Bulls at the top of the table and Tampa and Indy are both tied on points this final stretch is going to be crazy and this is what the Red Bulls have to do they have to get wins in these four matches to stay up top uh, and even then, they're going to need some help from Indy 11. They have to beat Charleston at home this Friday, North Carolina, Birmingham, and Loudoun United all on the road. They do that. They stay top of the table. They could potentially fall down as far as fifth and maybe even sixth. Actually, North Carolina is only uh, uh, on 47 points right now. I mean, if they go on a great run, uh, maybe they could jump up ahead if the Red Bulls drop every single one of their matches. But this is dangerous territory. They might end up not having a playoff a home playoff game after looking like a lock for a one or two seed for a little while there. But those losses against uh, Louisville and Indy over the last couple of weeks are proving crucial. And it's hard to believe, too, because Pittsburgh had a really rough start to the season where, you know, we didn't think we'd see them this far up on the table. Yeah, they had a ton of draws early on. What do I always say right. about Bob Lilly, though? 
He's going to get the job done. He finds a way. He does not lose. They've only lost four times this year. Nobody in the East has less losses than Pittsburgh. Only one other team in the league has less losses overall, and that's Phoenix Rising. Bob Lilly knows USL. Never bet against Bob Lilly. That guy, he he knows how to get things done. He does. He definitely does. He always has. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be previewing the match against the Charleston Battery. So stick around. And we're back. Final segment. We're going to be talking about the match this Friday. Critical match. Last home match of the season for the New York Red Bulls 2 at MSU. And it's Dollar Hot Dog Night. They are facing the Charleston Battery. Battery are 9, 9, and 11 overall. They are on the cusp of the playoff bubble. They are a single point back from Birmingham. It'll be interesting to see just how desperate and dangerous this team is. Away from home, 3, 7, and 4. They are 2-2-1 two, two, and one in their last five matches, so they're on a better run of form than the Red Bulls, arguably. Their top scorer, someone you guys might remember, Zico Lewis, six goals, 21 appearances. Uh, just under him, Ian Svansson, Dante Marini. Uh, they both have four goals. Then Romario Piggott, Arthur Bosua, and Jared Von Schalk, three goals. Atuala Guerrera and Nick Daly and Ta Anunga and Nicholas Rittemeyer all have two goals apiece. So they spread the scoring out. Um, on the assist side of things, Kataro Higashi has four, Zico Lewis at three. So six goals, three assists. He's having a great season for them. Uh, Piggott with three. Uh, O'Brien Woodbine has two assists. Jay Bolt, uh, Nick Daly. Kyle Nielsen or Nelson rather, Leland Archer, Angulo or Angelo, <laughs> Angulo, <laughs> Angelo Kelly Rosales and Vincenzo Candela all have one assist. They are a good team. They're not a great team. They're certainly middle of the pack, but they've gotten some decent results against decent opposition over that stretch of five games that we just talked about before that they've done okay. A win over North Carolina but a loss to Atlanta United 2 and Pittsburgh. A win over Indy 11 and a draw against Swope Park. I don't understand this. Not one bit. The teams that... Well, I guess Pittsburgh's a good team, so I don't want to throw them under the bus or anything. But Indy 11, though. Indy 11 is a fantastic team. Right, yeah. And they lost to Charleston. Now, that game's a little bit controversial. There's a red card in it and whatnot, but still... Charleston getting some decent results at home against good opposition. Now they've got to go on the road. They've only won three times on the road and they're in a spot that should at least allow them to, to take advantage of the bed run of form that the Red Bulls have been in. We know that they can defend well uh, at times, but they can also be a little bit leaky around the goal. But over that last five game stretch, only one of those matches did they give up more than a single goal, and that was against Atlanta United too. So I'm not really sure what to expect from this match. I'm, I'm wondering what you think is, is going to happen here, Bill. It's a tough call. I, I mean, I remember the last – I think the last time the Red Bulls beat them was last year in the playoffs. Am I right? 
They, I believe they beat them earlier this year. I could be wrong. Uh, so it was a tie back in June. They tied oh, yes. 1-1. You're right. I've forgotten that. That's yeah, another so, game where they were that's another game where they were up a man and they couldn't win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds too familiar this season. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy how well they've done this year and I I sound like I'm really kind of deriding them. Um I still have a lot of faith in what John Wolinek and this group can do, but it, the last couple of matches really call into question uh some of the the players and and their abilities but i think overall this is still a great team that can do a lot of great things but it's going to be a tight tight race and they cannot afford to drop any points no they they really can't and uh just overall i mean charleston's only won one time against near ripples too in the history of all their matches played together so I mean, we kind of have that under our belt, too, and uh, maybe we'll get some luck from the Dollar Hot Dog Night. Yeah, they definitely need some Dollar Hot Dog Night luck. Uh, let's get a let's get a prediction from you, Bill. What do you think? Um, I'm going to go uh, 2 nothing Red Bull 2. Okay. I think that's fair. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? I think 2 nothing's the right call. I think that they can get a win. They absolutely need to. They can't afford yeah, to drop really an, a third straight, and it would be... Uh, four in the last five matches if they do, so they really need to turn it around, hit their stride as the playoffs approach. Maybe they got a little ahead of themselves this past week, and, and hopefully the coaching staff has been able to to sort of rein everybody in. So I'm going to agree with you, 2 nothing. Let's take a quick look down the rest of the Eastern Conference. Now, I stopped at 55 for Pittsburgh Riverhounds just behind them. Louisville City with their two big wins recently, obviously one over the Red Bulls too, but they also uh, beat Hartford Athletic. They have not lost in their last five matches. They're storming up the table. Be on the lookout. That's a team to watch in the playoffs. In seventh, North Carolina FC. They have not won in their last five matches. They are limping into the playoffs, dropping down the table. Ottawa Fury. Um, on 45 points, St. Louis on 41, and then 39 for Birmingham Legion in 10th place. Charleston and Birmingham, same amount of games played, separated by a single point, 38 points for Charleston. That's why we talked about how desperate they are. Will be very interesting to see. And then underneath them is where the, the playoffs really are out of reach. Memphis 901, Beth Steele, Atlanta United 2, Loudoun United, and then the three teams who have officially been eliminated now. Charlotte Independence, Hartford Athletic, and Swope Park Rangers. Hartford and Swope Park are tied at the bottom of the table, but a a, uh, a difference in games one is in favor of Hartford, so they're in 17th instead of 18th. Out west, Phoenix Rising is still way on top, despite the fact that they lost their first match in, like, 20 matches. It's been a while. It's been a long, long while. They finally lost to Fresno. Congrats, Fresno. Finishing a a fantastic uh, match against easily the best team in the West and getting a big result there. Should be interesting what they can do in the playoffs. Uh, I'm really interested to see if they can continue to carry the momentum that they've had. Now, I have not really checked in on Fresno much this year, but I'm going to do so now because I, I had wondered something. And um, we're going to find out if it bears out. 
nope, never mind. Nothing to worry about here. Forget I said anything at all. Anything at all. Anything at all. Anyway, okay. So Phoenix Rising is on top. Then Fresno, Reno, 1868, Orange County, Sac Republic, Real Monarchs, Austin Bold, New Mexico United, LA Galaxy 2, San Antonio uh, are the playoff teams. That's the top 10. Underneath, El Paso, Portland Timbers 2, OKC Energy, Las Vegas Lights, Rio Grande Valley, Tulsa Roughnecks, and the only two teams eliminated from the playoffs officially in the West, Colorado Springs Switchbacks and the Tacoma Defiance. Tacoma Defiance is the worst team in the league right now. Yes, they are. Um, Lending credence to why uh, many folks are calling for MLS2 teams to be put down into USL League 1, which I do not agree with, but that's that's something that's being floated. Uh, In any event, that's it for us tonight. We don't have to talk about anything else. We, I think we, we kept it short. We kept it sweet. Well, I guess your mileage may vary. But if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at underscore Joe Goldstein. I'm at Bill TNJ. And if you want to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And, of course, that's on Twitter. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we put all of our episodes. And if you happen to agree... With our points of view only, uh, we can only talk to and interact with people on social media who fully agree with us. Uh, My ego is very, very uh, fragile. I can't handle any criticism. So if if that all sounds good, you can also follow our work at Red Bulls News Network at rbnn.us and RB News Network on Twitter. Real news. Real Real news. No, no, fake news. Only only, only, (laughs) uh, positive news. Um. Journalism isn't cut out for everybody, Bill. I don't know if you know this. I've been I'm told, aware. I've been I'm told. Aware. I've heard about this recently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us, rate us, review us. It helps with the algorithm. It helps people discover the show. And it, it helps us. So please, if you do your part, we'll be very happy with you. We're part of the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM, covering MLS, USL, Premier League, and NWSL. They've got a ton of great, great shows that have so much content and and information about USL and, and everything. But uh, I'm just going to call it the USL shows. I've been doing this all year. I found out some of the other uh, shows on the BGN Network are calling out uh, shows and playing spots, so we're going to have to get on that, of course. Uh, the USL Show, Backyard Footy, The Last Line, Bethlehem Blast Furnace, Birmingham Backline, Backchat, Seriously Loco, Foxtrot Pod, Sock Takes, and so much more. ton of great content for podcasts, and their written content is fantastic. Go check them out at Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, for Bill Toomey, thank you very much, and have a great night. <laughs>